Sam Howell could be on a legendary track start to his career, despite the Washington Commanders not winning a whole lot of games. That and more coming up on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome into this episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you're getting this podcast. And you can continue this conversation by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider. Join the Locked On Commanders insider program. You'll get news, inside scoops, exclusive content like insider mailbags, end of game, final thought videos, and more direct, delivered directly to your phone, plus one-on-one conversations with me via text message. Join the Locked On Commanders inside now. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Commanders to sign up. I'm David Harrison, credential member of the media, covering the Washington Commanders for CommanderCountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's fan nation. I'm here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, I appreciate your continued support for the show. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Before kickoff Thursday night, I placed my very own DoorDash order to get me some Berea tacos from El Habanero Tex-Mex Grill here in Winchester, Virginia. I'm going to show you that delivery here in our ad break from last night. I recorded it last night so that you could all share in my DoorDash joy. I got here before the game started, so I had it ready to go for kickoff. Big thanks to DoorDash for my game time munchies. Place your order today using the promo code LOCK23. Stay tuned later in the episode. You'll hear more from our friends at DoorDash on today's episode. We're looking into the future a bit. We're talking about some Pro Bowl uh, items. You have one Washington Commanders player leading his team or his group rather in Pro Bowl voting. We're going to look at some draft stuff because all of you, a lot of you have your eyes on the future. But first, we're talking about the future of quarterback Sam Howell. And this is coming via insider Ravi, who did a lot of legwork uh, on, on a question that was sent to me. So basically what Ravi says, if you do an episode where you take a look at Howell's numbers, here are two QBs. I am comparing him to in their first year when their teams did not do very well. And they are two very legendary quarterbacks. Indeed, one of them being Troy Aikman, who was a rookie in 1989. The other Peyton Manning, who was a rookie in 1998. And again, Robbie did all the legwork on these numbers. I did confirm them just because it's my show and I'm responsible for the numbers. So I want to make sure uh, not that I don't trust Robbie, but I just want to be uh, Mr. Checkham, not Mr. Uh, trust him all the time, right? 11 starts for Troy Aikman in 1989. Oh, and 11 record. Yikes. Uh, completed 155 of 293 pass attempts, 52.9% completion rate. Uh, threw for 1,749 yards at six yards per attempt. Had a 3.1% touchdown rate with nine touchdown passes and a 6.1% interception rate with 18 interceptions. Peyton Manning in 1998 for the Indianapolis Colts had 16 starts, went three and 13. So even worse than Sam is doing in his first year as a starter, created not a rookie, uh, completed 56.7% of his passes, had a 6.5 yards per attempt average, uh, had a 4.5% touchdown rate with 26 touchdowns thrown and a 4.9% interception rate with 28 interceptions thrown. Now, Robbie says, I use them because they also had four or less wins their first season starting in more than eight games. Uh, I figured we need to give Hal time and get him protection to see if he will confirm that he is the starter the team needs to challenge. And listen, I think the important thing is here is that Robbie is not saying Sam Howell is the quarterback that's going to be legendary like Troy Aikman, like Peyton Manning. Certainly could be, but Robbie is not affirming that this is the case. But what I think the point is here is that Sam Howell, like Peyton Manning, like Troy Aikman on a team that is not doing very well 
in the early going, but they had the quarterback they needed. They just needed to get the rest of the team fixed around the quarterback. And certainly I think that, th- that there's the point to that conversation. So I went through and I looked at where Sam Howell ranks because at the same time, Troy Aikman played a different version of the NFL than Peyton Manning did. And Sam Howell was playing in a different version of the NFL uh, than Peyton Manning did. So I wanted to see where they ranked respectively within their version of the game. So uh, in yards per attempt, Troy Aikman ranks 27th, Peyton Manning was 18th, and right now, currently, Sam Howell is 21st. Uh, Completion percentages, Aikman was 23rd, Manning was 19th, Sam Howell currently 14th. Touchdown percentage, uh, this is where the separation comes in. Aikman was 6th, Manning was 3rd, Howell is currently 23rd in the NFL in touchdown percentage. That is way, way lower than Peyton Manning and Troy Aikman were in their first year of starters. Interception percentage, Aikman had the best interception percentage ranking. That was 27th in the NFL, his rookie season. Manning was 28th, his rookie season. Howell is 28th as well in his first season as a starter. Their defenses, I think this is a big part of the conversation that we need to have. The defenses ranked 24th for Aikman, 29th for Manning, 32nd for Howell. So if you see there, a lot of those rankings are very, very similar. They're very close together with one exception, that being the touchdown percentage. Uh, for Sam Howell. That is the biggest discriminator here between Howell and Manning and Aikman. So I think it shows you that in their first year as starters, as quarterbacks, they're pretty much all producing, again, outside the touchdown percentage, at relatively similar clips. And if you're getting the same amount of completion percentage, the amount of same amount of yards per pass, all those things, then it certainly means you're having the same opportunities. It's just now on Sam Howell and Eric Bieniemy if he continues to be the offensive coordinator in the next season or head coach slash offensive play caller next year. Uh, to figure out the touchdown problem and get that part of this thing solved. So I took this a little bit deeper, though. I took Robbie's information, great info there, and I went a little bit deeper into it. The first winning season for each of these other two quarterbacks, uh, Troy Aikman had to wait till his fourth season to get a winning record. Peyton Manning did it in his second. Their defensive rankings in those seasons, Troy Aikman was playing with the fifth-ranked defense in the NFL that year. Peyton Manning was playing with the 17th-ranked defense in the NFL that year. That's up from 24th and up from 29th in their first losing seasons. So very, 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 very impressive improvements uh, along the defensive front for both these quarterbacks to get their first winning seasons. Now, Aikman himself from from year one to year four improved across the board. His completion percentage climbed to 63.8%. Touchdown rate climbed to 4.9%. Interception rate dropped to 3%. Yards per average, 7.3 per pass. Manning's improvements from his, his first year to his first winning season, 62% completions. 4.9% touchdown rate, 2.8% interception rate, 7.8 yards per pass. And if you listen, those numbers, again, are fairly similar. They average out to 63% completions, 4.9% touchdown rate, 2.9% interception rate, 7.6 yards per attempt, and having the 11th ranked defense on your side. When you look at another legendary quarterback like Tom Brady, and again, we're not comparing how to those guys yet, but we're just kind of giving a little bit of insight into where these numbers measure up. His first winning season, Tom Brady, 2001, 11-3 New England Patriots. Brady hit basically all of these marks. Again, the average between those two, Aikman and Peyton Manning, in their first winning season, 63% completion rate. Tom Brady's, 63.9. 4.9% touchdown rate for Manning and Aikman. Tom Brady's, 4.4. Interception rate, 2.9. Matched across the board for Tom Brady as well. Yards per attempt, those two were averaging 7.6 in their first winning season. Brady averaged 6.9. Brady had the sixth ranked defense while the two average for the 11th ranked defense. So you look at it, it's not just Aikman, it's not just Manning, even Tom Brady, his first winning season in the NFL, which turned out to be a Super Bowl season, which is great, 
uh, those numbers are very, very similar. So it really kind of gives you a benchmark of if you need your quarterback to be a franchise quarterback, this is as a young quarterback, this is essentially what you need him to be able to do. Because again, if you go back to the 2001 New England Patriots, Tom Brady wasn't the Tom Brady that you might know and love if you're a little bit younger where he's carrying his team. Tom Brady in the early going was very much a game manager, make the right play, let your defense and your special teams pick up the weight. So that's really kind of the benchmark you're looking for for Sam Howell coming into next season. You can be in that range, still be successful as long as you have the better. So the better your defense, the less you can, the more you can deviate from that uh, that path. But if you look at quarterbacks across NFL history with 60% completions, 4% touchdown rates, 4.5% inter- interception rates, seven yards per attempts, uh, with 10 or more starts, there are 57 quarterbacks that hit those numbers or around those numbers, which isn't a lot, but almost half of those have happened since 2000. 10 of those have not won eight games, and nine of the 10 that did not win at least eight games finished with a defensive unit that was ranked no better than 16th. So that defense is very important in there, along with the quarterback being able to manage this thing. So when you consider those numbers and how similar they are between the success of Manning, Aikman, Brady, across generations, across eras of football, it pretty much tells you that those are the benchmarks you want your young quarterback to be hitting early in their in their career. And now you just have to get the defense on board to keep opponents low and keep the pressure off the quarterback from the scoreboard. So it's really interesting. But at the same time, if you're asking a question of does this mean Sam Howell is on a legendary track? Well, 36 quarterbacks in NFL history have had similar start stat lines uh, to Peyton Manning and Troy Aikman in their rookie years. Only about 10 of them went on to become long term answers at the quarterback position. So it's still very hard to find that franchise quarterback, even if you have this kind of start. But it's not how you start. It's how you finish along the way, how you grow. Sam Howell certainly has that potential and he certainly has uh, the ability. We just need to see how the coaching impacts him and how this team improves starting with the offensive line and the defense and how what better way to do that than the NFL draft. I've got another mock draft coming up here, coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Whenever the game clock stops, that's time to order in with DoorDash. Why root for your favorite team on an empty stomach? You wouldn't do it in the stadium. Don't do it at home. Order on DoorDash and save on football. Watch party favorites. Order pizza, wings, soda, burgers, all of it on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing a single second of the game. I got my Berea tacos from El Habanero Tex-Mex Grill here in Winchester, Virginia, delivered directly to my house. So I could prepare for this episode, but also get ready for Thursday night football kickoff. Still have a delicious meal waiting for me as soon as I can get downstairs. Get prepared before game day and stock up. Or if you're a procrastinator like me, order just before kickoff. You'll get your food with plenty of time left on the clock to enjoy that meal. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKED23. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKED23. For 50% off, up to a $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. Continuing on now in today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Thanks again for making Locked On Commanders your first listener, your first view today and every day. Every day is make sure you come back after the weekend. We'll recap some of the game's biggest action and look at where the Washington Commanders stand heading into their next week's game, the Los Angeles Rams. Locked On is launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe 
to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. Continue our evaluation now of just how bad this commander's defense is on pace to be. Uh, look, the Washington Commanders are currently picking number four uh, in the 2024 NFL draft. And by and large, that 32nd ranked defense we just talked about is a big part of this. So how much of this draft capital should be invested in the Washington Bears defense? How much of it should be invested in the offensive line? Those are some big questions that the team is going to have to answer next offseason in order to help facilitate Sam Howell starting off with similar type tracks to Troy Aikman and Peyton Manning. But if they want to see that growth from him and that growth from their team, they got to make some moves. Uh, to make the team around Sam Howell a little bit better. Currently, the draft order goes like this. Number one overall pick, Chicago Bears via the Carolina Panthers, who are sitting at 111. Number two pick is belongs to the New England Patriots, who are now 3-10 and 10 after their Thursday night win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Arizona Cardinals hold the number three pick at 3-10. and 10. They have not played yet this week. They're not going to play this week because they're on a bye, which means they are solidified in that position because the Washington Commanders are also on their bye. Uh, at a four and nine record. So the best bet for the commander's draft positioning here is for the Carolina Panthers to beat the New Orleans Saints because you know the Panthers will still be two and 11. They're not going to move up the board or down the board at all. They'll still be standing atop the draft standings. Uh, it doesn't change things for right now, but it starts to give Washington their best shot at moving down the line if that's what you're looking for from the rest of the season. The Cardinals, again, are on a bye, so they're not going to move. Immediately behind the Washington Commanders right now are the Chicago Bears who sit number five in the draft order with a four and eight record. They're taking on the Detroit Lions. A Bears loss sends them to number four, sends the Washington Commanders back to number five. Uh, number six currently is the New York Giants, who are also four and eight. They face the Green Bay Packers. A Giants loss, they actually jump to number four, while Chicago moves to number five. Washington drops to number six. So you see a two-pick swing just in those two games right there. If the Giants lose and the Bears win, then the Giants are number four. Washington is number five, then Tennessee is number six. So those are the games that matter the most. So you want the Bears to beat the Lions. You want the Giants to beat the Packers. But it's not the end-all be-all because strength of schedule does matter. And there are some other games that impact strength of schedules across the league. Uh, you also want the 49ers to beat the Seahawks because that hurts uh, the commander strength of schedule, which is helping the draft order, right? If that makes sense. The Cowboys, you want them to beat the Eagles. And you want the Chargers to beat the Denver Broncos. If what I think happens and the Giants and Bears both lose this weekend, as long as those additional results happen, so as long as the 49ers win, the Cowboys win, the Chargers win, Washington will still have the number four pick because of strength of schedule. So let's mock this draft based on a number of factors ahead of the weekend. We might do another mock draft Monday coming out of the weekend if the uh, draft order shuffles a little bit just to get a look at what that might look like. Using the Pro Football Focus Mock Draft Simulator, only doing the first three rounds because we don't have comp picks, so anything fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round doesn't make any sense right now because the comp picks are going to throw everything off. Uh, that's going to influence a lot of things after the first three rounds. So we're only going through three rounds right now. Uh, first round, number four overall pick. Top three guys on the board when we get on the clock are Penn State offensive tackle Olu Fashanu, tight end Brock Bowers out of Georgia, and edge rusher Layatu Latu out of UCLA, who I am looking forward to seeing in the Senior Bowl a lot. Uh, my decision, Bo Nix is the top quarterback left on the board after Caleb Williams goes to the Bears, number one. Drake May goes to the Patriots, number two. Marvin Harrison Jr. goes to the Arizona Cardinals at number three, leaving my pick, the top tackle, Olu Fishanu, is my pick to me. It's not even a conversation. I know some people out there want to take a quarterback. Some people don't have faith in Sam Howell, and that is fine. But at the end of the day, I don't care what quarterback you install behind this offensive line. Any quarterback under fire as often as Sam Howell has been this season is going to have problems. Fix that offensive line before you do anything else. Olu Fashanu, for me, the easy pick. 
at number four. And I have a feeling it's probably going to stay that way for most of the draft season. Uh, spoiler alert. Second round, number 36 is our next pick. The top three guys on the board. Quarterback Bo Nix is still there from Oregon. Defensive lineman Leonard Taylor, the third out of Miami, Florida, the Hurricanes program. And cornerback Josh Newton out of TCU are your top three. And at number 36, I trade back to number 42. I let the Tampa Bay Buccaneers come up. They add number one, 110 in the process. So I get 42. I get 110. They get Bo Nix. And uh, good luck to you. Next pick is number 37. The very next pick in, in the draft order. Top three guys. Again, Leonard Taylor, the third out of Miami, Florida. Cornerback Josh Newton out of TCU. And cornerback Terry and Arnold out of Alabama. I am taking Josh Newton at this point. And I know it's another cornerback. Scheme is going to matter, right? So right now, it's it's hard to really protect these players because if we see, see a shift in style, we might see a shift to man coverage. If we do, this is where Josh Newton's going to fit in. He's a man cover corner, uh, you know, and that's three DBs in the first and second rounds of the last two years. I understand that. But you also got to remember, if there is a new regime in here, they did not draft two DBs in the first two rounds last year. They got to look at the team they have versus the team they want to have. If they're switching to a man cover style system and, Ke and Kendall Fuller isn't here, Oh, just certainly possible. Benjamin St. Juiced, I'm hoping, moves to free safety. You now need at least another corner uh, over there to play opposite of, I guess, Emmanuel Forbes, who's going to become a man cover corner. Hopefully, Josh Newton makes a lot of sense in that situation there. I'm hoping everybody can get on board with that because we just traded back. We just net another pick. Uh, so we got 37. We take a corner. But we've got some bonus picks coming up. Second round, number 42. We're back on the clock. The top three are cornerback Kamari Lassiter out of Georgia. Quarterback Shadir, Shadur Sanders out of Colorado. Offense attack Troy Fatanu out of, uh, I don't know where Troy is out of because I didn't write it down, but Troy Fatanu, the offensive tackle decision. Uh, I'm going outside the top three here. I'm going to reach a little bit, but I think it's a small reach. I'm going linebacker Edger and Cooper out of Texas A&M. Uh, he may not be in the top three available, but it is not a massive reach at this point from where he is uh, currently on the PFF boards. Uh, for the linebacker position between not picking up Jamin Davis's fifth year option and drafting a potential running mate slash replacement, uh, either Jamin Davis is going to wake up from these decisions or we're going to find out who he is. He's going to stay asleep forever. We're just going to move on and we're going to get a head start on that with Edgerrin Cooper in his first year, a top 50 linebacker coming to us at pick number 42. The pick that we got from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the first of two picks that we got from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers third round, number 68, um, uh, the top three quarterback, JJ McCarthy out of Michigan. Center Jackson Powers Johnson out of Oregon. Quarterback Quinn Ewers out of Texas. And we are taking the center Jackson Powers Johnson. He's got an 84.6 overall grade on PFF. A better pass blocking grade than running grade. Talked about Peyton Manning. He had Jeff Saturday. Let's give Sam Howell his Jeff Saturday. Jackson Powers Johnson. We keep Ricky Stromberg cross-training at guard. We move Nick Gates back to guard. And I think we just improved our offensive line along with Olu Fashanu in the first round third round we trade up now to number 90 i'm sending number 100 that we got from the niners i'm sending 110 that we just got from the buccaneers i'm combining those i'm moving up to number 90 with the jacksonville jaguars and i am taking penn state edge adisa isaac to uh, help shore up my edge rushing group so we entered the exercise with five picks in the top 100 we leave the exercise with five picks in the top 100 we get ourselves a new left tackle a new man cover corner, a linebacker, a center, and another defensive end to add to KJ Henry, Andre Jones, and whether or not we decide to re-sign James Smith-Williams or Casey Tuhill. I think that's a very good start for days one and two. Uh, got us A's for Fashanu, Newton, and Powers. Johnson finished with a B-plus overall. If the commanders can get contributions there, that would obviously help. If they can get pro bowlers from that group, it would be even better. They got one player right now leading his group in pro bowl voting so far. 
Take a guess at who it is while we listen to this ad, and I'm going to let you know if you're right when we get back to this episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than for two to six player stat projections, and then you watch your winnings roll in. I pick three player projections every Thursday night football matchup. This week, I went with Pittsburgh Steelers kicker Chris Boswell to make more than one and a half field goals. Steelers tight end Pat Fryermuth to go for more than 26.5 receiving yards and to shift things a little bit because I didn't really have a Patriots line that I liked. I actually crossed over to the NBA lines and I took 76ers center Joel Embiid to have more than 11 rebounds against the Wizards on Wednesday, which he did. So I was sitting pretty good heading into Thursday night football. I know it's not technically three for Thursday night football, but I played it the way that I want to play it. You can play it the way that you want to play it at prizepicks.com. Slash locked on NFL. Use the code locked on NFL all lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that promo code locked on NFL all in lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100 at prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Commanders, one Commanders player is currently leading his position group in Pro Bowl voting this season, and it is safety. Terrell Burgess, who is leading the way in NFC special teams play. Terrell Burgess has 198 snaps on special teams this year, sixth most on the team. He's at three defensive snaps so far. He's at seven tackles, and he is leading the NFC in special teams votes. Of course, last year, it was Jeremy Reeves leading the special teamers in Pro Bowl votes. He ends up going to the Pro Bowl, ends up being an all-pro. Starting to think maybe there's a little bit of a – special team circle around the Washington commanders that is doing a whole lot of voting for their guys. And I don't have any shade for it, but uh, he is the only one leading his position group. Not a huge surprise. You know, when you're four and nine as a team, as a program that you're not going to have a lot of pro bowl love, I don't think, but are there some commanders that you could be voting for? I've got three here that I think you, you could, I won't say should, but you could be voting for one of them is running back Brian Robinson jr. Uh, Look, there's a couple of things hurting him. One, He's only 29th in rushing yards right now. He's only got two rushing touchdowns this season. That certainly is not going to help him on the grand scale. So outside of the Washington Commanders fan base who sees him every week and sees how valuable he is to the team, probably not going to get a lot of outside love. Uh, but he is seventh in running back receiving yards. He's also third in running back receiving touchdowns. Uh, so that certainly helps his case. Uh, but, you know, if you're a running back, uh, you know, naturalist or whatever you want to call it, purist, uh, you're probably not going to vote for a guy who is 29th in rushing yards and only has two rushing touchdowns, but that's where Commanders fans come in. If you want B-Rob getting that Pro Bowl love, you got to get out there and get voting for him. Also, wide receiver Terry McLaurin. We know his season has been down. If you caught the episode earlier this week, every dares uh, that I did kind of breaking down what's ailing him, you kind of have my initial opinion on what is bugging Terry McLaurin this season. Uh, and it has a lot to do with scheme, a lot to do with play calls, uh, and a little bit to do with Sam Howell's mechanics. And, you know, but Terry McLaurin still has that name. Uh, there's a lot of talented receivers in the NFC, so I don't know the name alone is going to get him there. But if you're a Washington Commanders fan voting on the Pro Bowl, I think casting a vote uh, Terry McLaurin's way can certainly make you feel good. Quarterback Sam Howell, I mean, look, he's up there in a lot of passing stats. He's also up there in sacks. He's also up there in interceptions. But he's been throwing the heck out of that ball. Not as much lately and certainly has fallen out of that top spot in the NFL in passing yards. But certainly a guy that I think that is not going to get in right away, but certainly could be in the running for an alternate spot, depending on who ends up in the Super Bowl and who ends up opting out of the game. 
Uh, three on offense. I really don't have anybody on defense for you, unfortunately, considering that Montez Sweat still leads this team in sacks this season uh, and has only played eight games for them. Kind of rough out there for the defense uh, these these times. But that is my Pro Bowl wrap up. That's so Terrell Burgess, again, currently the only commanders player leading his position group in special teams uh, in votes. Brian, jo- Brian Robinson Jr., Terry McLaurin, Sam Howell, perhaps worthy of some other votes from you if you choose to get active in the Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl voting coming up on Monday. We will talk about the weekend's action. If the draft order changes, we will take another look at a mock draft and see just how it changes the prospects that the commanders could be looking at. And we will talk about any other news and notes coming up. Insiders, we've got our command huddle tomorrow. So if you've got any additional questions you want for the command huddle, text them to me. If you want to get in on that action before the next command huddle drops, just go to joinsubtext.com slash locked on commanders. And by all means, send me your first command huddle question of the year and we will talk about that you can text me directly as always. If you do, if you don't, I appreciate you from coming through, making locked on commanders your first listener, your first view today and every day, every dares. I appreciate you on uh, for coming through on a regular basis, like you do. Thanks so much for making me a part of your day, part of your routine. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Mm-hmm.